Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Well, happy Father's Day to all the dads, and uh, so appreciate and value who you are, I know, as I, I, get, I get the privilege of meeting with all the dads in our church, and uh, so many good dads here, so many men who love God and love their children and love their grandchildren. It's really, it's been a, it's been a sweet privilege as a, as a pastor just to get to observe that and meeting with them and having coffee and then having them share their hearts about who they are. It's just, it's a, it's a phenomenal thing. So, I love it. I want to open with the scripture and then we're going to have, we've got a kind of a special Father's Day uh, message. We're going to have four other people from our, from our fellowship kind of share what fatherhood means, what the father means to them. And, uh, and so I didn't prepare them on what they have to, to say and everything, except just give them a little heads up and, uh, from last week. So I, I think you'll enjoy it. I want to read from, uh, from the first John from chapter two. And I kept getting this over and over again, because this is really, to me, this is the heart of the son about the father and John being, Just who he was as a, you know, we we forget that John was a very, very young man. We always see pictures of the, of the, of what what are known as the 12, the 12 disciples. When you see paintings and stuff of them, it shows them all as old men. You know, that wasn't accurate. As as a matter of fact, they they think John uh, may have been as young as 14. Can you imagine that? Now, there's no way to prove that except how long he lived and when he died. So they're kind of backtracking through everything. But you never see a picture of him as this young, vibrant teenager. You know, you always see a picture. Usually he's bald in the old paintings, and he's an old, old man. And so maybe that's how he was described later uh, he, he, uh, a- after he was freed from isolation on the island, he went and uh, stayed at the church at Ephesus, and they kind of took care of him. And you can read some of the church fathers that when he got very, very old, he would, they would bring him out, and uh, mostly what he said was, love, love each other, just love each other. And he would talk about the love of God. So I, I so much appreciate it, and I, I believe this, this epistle is in that vein. So he writes in verse 12, about it's about their spiritual state, but I think it's also about who they were and how God wanted to bless them. He said, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. 
Would you pray with me? Father, we just open up our hearts to hear about you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would enlighten our words this day. That as we hear from different ones in the fellowship, that our hearts can receive and be opened up against with the understanding of who you are as Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first one I wanted is I wanted a new dad to come up. So Dan Caudell, come on up here and share. So. Thank you, thank you. No, um, there's so much to say and so little time to say it, really. Um, this is Lorelai, and she has turned my little heart upside down. Um, just, I guess, a little backdrop about me. The thought 10 years ago <clears throat> of wife, mortgage, baby, I was not into it at all. I would have thought, no way. I had this vision. I was going to be like this martyr out in Africa and go down just in a blaze of glory. And I don't got time for that. You know, I'm here for the kingdom. <clears throat> but um, I couldn't have been more wrong about just amazing how amazing it's become. Um, have you guys seen that insurance commercial where, you know, they're dating and he's like, we're never getting married. And then we're never getting pregnant. And then we're never moving to the suburbs. We're never having another baby. I'm pregnant. And it's like, at the end of it, he's, I'm never going back. And that's, that's really um, kind of just how I've, I've been feeling. It's, it's been about four months. And um, I guess the biggest thing, if I could leave with you guys, is just the joy that I've, I've had with her. Um, it's been amazing. I, I never knew emotions could run so deep in my heart. Um, you know, I never had a clue that watching her laugh could, you know, cause me to have a little emotional breakdown. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, she just started laughing a month ago, and, uh, you know, yeah, it doesn't get any better. Um, and then I've, the, another thing just ran, I've, like I said, so much, so much to say and no time to say it, but um, thinking about the father, and when I look at her, I can see myself in her, you know, and that's cool to be able to have that connection of like, this is myself, but it's in a completely different being. And I can sit and completely enjoy myself through her. And is that, if that makes sense, I don't know if that's, but how much more the father with us, each one of us is Ephesians 2.10. That's just one of my life verses that we are his workmanship or his poetry, his song, his poem. And um, which he created according to his good pleasure. Like we were birthed from a place of desire and pleasure from heaven. It, he's the engineer of our design, right? And, you know, we, we'd planned this little one, but I, <laughs> I guess that's the difference between me and uh, the Almighty is that he has the foresight and foreknowledge and he has all that anticipation that he's enjoying today, but he knew he would enjoy it from everlasting. It's kind of a mind warp there when you get into, you know, trying to balance the eternity of God into our little finite time, but yeah, I guess just the joy and delight of her has really made, created a new awareness in me about the joy and delight of our Heavenly Father and how much He really does enjoy just looking at us, just enjoying us. He likes us, like Michael was said, and, uh, you know, the whole living room thing. So, um, 
Yeah, it's been quite a journey. Me and Cass have not been sleeping the most, but uh, totally worth it. To- lots of vomit all over our clothes and everything, but uh, she's more than worth it. And I guess that's, I'll leave you with that. <laughs> Thank you. Bless you guys. Brian Zipfeld, come on up here. In Ephesians, Paul writes, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Later on in chapter 6, verse 4, And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It's interesting, this journey that we're on as, as people, we all have a package from our earthly fathers. And my journey was very, very diverse. Um, had young parents, teenage parents, uh, and they divorced when I was four. Both remarried by the time I was eight. So I, I lived with being a city boy during the school year with my mom, and I lived in the summer in a small town of 300 with my dad. So at that point, yes, I was a redheaded stepchild. (laughs) Fill in the joke here. But it's one of those things that in the process, and even through the steps that I had, there was the good and there was the bad. But really, what was pivotal in all the, the, the package that I had from, you know, having a dad so far away and wanting to see him and being lonely during the school year to even a, a step that was here in Kansas City that wasn't always the best to my mom or to uh, me. I found Christ in so many different ways. Well, I found Christ. He was there for me. He found me at 10 At 10, the best decision I ever made to follow Christ. And in those lonely times, he was there for me. In those times when uh, family turmoil was there, he was there for me. I felt his love. But I also felt his love in some surprising, strange places that I wouldn't have thought of. At church, I felt God's love from the custodian. Our church custodian took it upon himself as me, a teenager, and I helped him out with odd jobs. Um, Sometimes ran sound, sometimes cleaned the bathrooms, uh, sometimes helped behind the scenes at weddings. He believed in me, gave me responsibility, and poured into me. He was an interesting father figure for me. My Sunday school teacher, giving me, you know, his love for the Word of God, practically, weekly, shown to me, and giving me a heart 
for the word. My youth pastor, knowing me through conversations that we had, knowing me at my worst, knowing the parts when, oh my goodness, you know, Brian has experienced so much, you know, divorce and so much breakage, and I am leaving being this youth pastor and going to another place. He spoke, God through him spoke to me and encouraged me with a word that I still carry with me. And so as I think about even just this practical journey, this, this broken person as I grew up, even as I got older, uh, when life throws you lots of curveballs, my dad being a, being a, a teenage dad, I thought, you know what? He's going to be 80 someday. We're going to be sitting on the front porch. And he loves music. I love music. So we'll listen to a little Leonard Skinner together. And we'll listen to a uh, little Johann Strauss together because he liked classical music too. But the curveball was he died in his 40s very suddenly. And even in that time, God's love enveloped me, wrapped me up like a blanket. And even in that time, I had people in my life, men that spoke into me, men that loved me, men that showed me a godly example of what a godly man was, what a godly husband was. And I saw their example. They walked it out. And so for the one that had all the baggage and all the pain and all the difficulty, I saw it practically walk down for me in my church. God's love that we sang about in worship, that we experience, God's love was shown to me by so many different people to help make me who I was. Yes, God has been with me but I appreciate so many different godly examples and there are several in this room of God's love to their family, God's love to their wives, God's love to their kids. And to me, that's a practical way as we are experiencing God's love and grace that we can share that to not only our friends and neighbors, but to us as a body. And I've had that opportunity teaching Sunday school. I try to do that with my friends. So I encourage you, find those practical ways. I love the music up here and and how they share God's love. I love the teachers, okay, in Sunday school, okay, and how they share and demonstrate God's love. May we continue to demonstrate God's love because, you know, you may not know what's going on behind the scenes for that young person. You may not know what's going on behind the scenes for that grandparent. You may not know what's going on behind the scenes for that young dad. And even those that don't have kids, that aren't married, we show them love as well. And you can show that love as well to those that are married. Thank you for your love, New Day. Thank you for your love for me. And I hope that I can continue to share God's love with you.
Well, I had one other part here, and this is, it almost seems a little gaudy, nice and big. And Dan mentioned a poem. Um, this is a poem actually um, written for me by my wife. And I asked her if I could share this. Um, but for this uh, young man, young father, um, you know, who has that question, you know, men, do you have what it takes? Will you measure up? This is a poem my wife wrote for me, newly married. My son was, as he liked to say, zero. He wasn't even one yet. But this is on my first Father's Day. And I share this not to boast about myself. I share this because this is confirmation that I have been Christ to my family. A new name was given in the wee hours of morning, one December Saturday of 2007, to a man who has carried his name with honor and grace, forming a legacy to be passed on, carving a trail for those in his care to walk upon. Through lessons learned along the way, every step crafted by his loving father, a journey that's seen joy and pain, love and loss. With intensity like fire that burns away the dross and leaves a gold refined, valuable beyond cost. A true heart of dignity and worth. Faithful, steady, a rock on which the foundation for his family has been set. Solid and strong and secure. A safe haven for little feet to tread and find their own path and grow and know the one who lights the way. These days have just begun, yet the years before have made this one a man among men, equipped and ready to carry the high calling that came with the name given him one sacred moment when his baby's cry dawned a new day. Dad. Thank you, Shell, for honoring me. And... I just pray that I can continue being this to you and Drew and our family, my home, my church family. Thanks, that's precious. Craig Kazmier, come up here and join me. Some of you haven't met Craig and Janie yet. Janie, stand up so everybody knows who you are and the way they connect your face and name. Come on up. God is good. I wrote this down, and you'll have to forgive me. I may read most of it. It's all just a little too close to my heart. 
and I have a hard time sometimes speaking through my heart. (laughs) It's much easier through my head, but God doesn't like me in my head so much. If anyone doubts that there is a God, they have to put an awful lot of faith in coincidence. That came to me just this morning when I was sitting out there through Michael's worship and Brenda's words, because it seems like God has been saying the same thing to all of us this week. Like Lloyd said, I have been here now just for a few months, and I haven't met very many of you. I sat with Lloyd earlier in the week, and we had a great talk. I felt like I had met my new best friend. And he asked me if I'd say a few words about fathers. Well, I figured... I have a father, and I am a father. For a few years now, I've also been a grandfather. So that makes me kind of an expert, right? (laughs) Not really. What it does make me is I'm very grateful. Think about the first time that uh, I saw either one of my children, much like Dan. Suddenly this new being just burst into the world and someone with her doctor nurse came and put this child in my arms and it was overwhelming how much I immediately loved this child. And I realize that that doesn't happen for everyone. I just can't imagine how that can be. I also realize this child is a gift from God. And I marvel at the love God has me. (laughs) Knowing that uh, it's far more intense than the incredible love I have for my kids. And of course, they're really not mine. They're still his. He just gave them to me to care for. I also realized what a gift God gave me. And the father that I was blessed to have. My dad was a good man. He was... He was what uh, people like to call a man's man. He could do anything he set his mind to do. 
He was a good provider, a good Christian man. He spent a lot of his life building a business with which to support his family and then use that business to try to help others as well. But that's what fathers do, right? We provide. But we need to provide more than just an income for our families. I've only had uh, one person in my life that I've ever considered to be a hero, and that was my dad. He was uh, a successful businessman, but late in his life, he lost a large portion of the money that he had saved (laughs) because he was on vacation um, when the stock market decided to take a huge downturn and he was able, unable to get a hold of his stock broker in time to save himself from losing uh, just about everything that he had in the market. He still had enough on which he and my mom could live. And I don't have a clue how much he actually lost. But a few years before he died, we were visiting, and he told me how disappointed he was in himself that he had let this happen and that he now really had no money to leave for his kids. And what I told him then, and uh, I guess the point of this is that he didn't need to leave us money when he died. All of his kids were reasonably successful, and it was because of what we had learned from him as children, what he had given us was far more precious than money. He had given us a stable home and a father who loved his wife and his children. And he dedicated himself to them And uh, that's something that uh, not a lot of my friends had growing up. He gave us a living example of what it was to have a heavenly father and to love and rely on him in good times and in bad. So, to all the young fathers here today, I just want to say this. You have a responsibility to the children that God has put in your care. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. There are going to be a lot of times that your children are not going to listen to you. They really aren't going to want to hear what you have to say. Remember this. While they're not always listening, they are always watching. And they learn 
not so much from the things that they hear you say, but from the volume spoken by what they see you do. So all of you fathers, love your children, love and respect their mothers. And if you're lucky enough that your father's still alive, love him. Most... (laughs) Most of all, love your Father in heaven. Lean on him. Learn from his example. And then be an example to your own children of how good his love can be. I have a new saying about men, always trust a man who can cry. (laughs) Not afraid to do it publicly. I want to invite my dear friend Peg Hecke to come up. I don't know how many of you know Peg, but she is a sweetheart. And uh, Brenda and I counted a privilege that she not only has been a part of New Day, but that she's a part of our life. And we love her a bunch, so here. And she's a little bit of an introvert like me, too. So, and that, like, so we just have that connection. So. Yes. Okay. Good morning, New Day. I'm going to be reading mine. <laughs> um, Pastor Lloyd asked me to talk about what being a father means to me. If I'd have been asked to say a few words years ago, I would have had a hard time. And honestly, for a good part of my life, I avoided attending church on Father's Day. It was painful for me. I grew up with an absent father who died in my late teens. My mother died when I was 24, a beautiful, godly woman who had no answers to my questions of rejection from my father to me and my siblings. After 18 years of marriage, my children's father died. Since then, I have been on a sometimes painful but mostly wonderful journey of experiencing what it means to be a father. If you are around groups of little kids very often, you are bound to hear them bragging about their dads, about how big, strong, and brave their dads are, how much food they can eat, how loud they can burp, (laughs) how smart and funny their dad is, and how far they can throw a football. Fathers are important. Being a dad means being looked up to. When my older kids were young, they used to jump on their dad while he was lying in bed, a big old belly flop, sometimes with a knee in the wrong place causing pain. (laughs) He'd still wrap his arms around them, belly to belly, no space in between. A father never rejects his child based on performance, even when he's hurt. A father doesn't let anything come between the love of his child or his child. He gives piggyback rides and graduates to shoulder rides, not only literally, but figuratively. He picks his barefoot child up, carries him over the gravel, then sets him down and walks beside him. With grace, he upholds him. A father doesn't leave his child to fend for himself. A father is wise to the things that are good for his child, and he protects and instructs him, knowing his freedom to choose is imminent. He disciplines with the intent of teaching rather than punishing. 
Being a father requires hard work and dedication to provide material and emotional needs. He leads his family spiritually with humility, being able to say, I'm not perfect, forgive me. It takes courage to stand by his convictions and flexibility to live with purple hair or the latest clothing trend. (laughs) A father may be master of his house and master the barbecue girl, but he knows who his master is. He knows who and where his source of strength comes from and cultivates his relationship and his life around God. There are many words I could use to describe what being a father means to me, such as available, understanding, integrity, humorous, diligent, encouraging, etc. But there are two words that encompass all the descriptions of a father's heart. Unconditional love. My journey of being both father and mother is an ongoing one. I know I haven't arrived yet in being the best parent or person I'd like to be. I still make mistakes, but as I continue to be fathered by the overwhelming love of my Heavenly Father, I strive to be tender and affectionate, loving, kind and passionate, and hopefully a reflection of what being a a father truly is. Thank you. And I ask the worship team to come on up and sing a song. Um, I, like Peggy, um, and most of you know the story if you've been around here for a long time, but I, I lost my father when I, when I was a teenager. He committed suicide and then lost my mom when I was in my 20s and, uh, to cancer. And so uh, after I... After I received God's salvation and received a new nature. Um, it's, it's funny how we go through life. Some people go through life and they have a hard time receiving the Father's love from dysfunction and brokenness within their own families. And I totally understand that. I have the testimony that I went, are you kidding me? This is the best dad I've ever known. And... Uh, and God, uh, honestly, God has shown his Father's love to me over and over and over again. And through the years, and I'd say this from you know, the 30-plus years of being in vocational ministry and then the years before that, I've had so many people say to me, well, you, have, you express the Father's love so well, and, and uh, you carry the heart of the Father, and those kind of things. And I, I, for many years, I never understood it. I was just like, I'm just a kid. You know, I'm just a kid. Um, now it's an honor, and now it's a privilege. And I will say this: for everybody that's in here, no matter what age you are, this is what I know about our Father in Heaven. He's safe. Our God is a safe God. He doesn't reject you over the broke places. He will not reject one soul over any broke place. He came because we were broken. Why would he reject us because we're broken? He receives us again and again and again and again and again and again and again. This is what I know. He'll never give up on you. Not one time. On your worst day. On your worst day. You can trust your Heavenly Father. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him should not perish but have eternal life. When we talk about the unconditional love of God, that's, it's expressed in Jesus. Jesus is God's unconditional love to you. We have access to the Father through the Son. Unbroken. He's a good dad. He's a safe dad. You stand and let's worship.